is the number one commodity in the world that you can't get back once it's gone. Time. So I will keep this brief. I'm Muthita Panmuk, a time efficiency expert and a business operations strategist, who is as known as the Time Queen. Welcome to my Get Unstuck Radio. Running a business can be very overwhelming at times, especially in the first few years when you are required to wear the hats and do other things. You started your company because you had a vision that almost every business owner has when they begin. You wanted freedom, true freedom. So you are in the right place to help you build and grow your business that support your lifestyle. Not the other way around. Without further ado, let's get unstuck. Hi, get unstuck nation. Today, I'm very pleased to um, introduce EA Sokovit here from Giver University, who will be our honest guest. And you know what? Today, we will learn about giver versus takers and many things related to that. Which I'm surprised to certain extent that. There are many things more than just giving. So, thank you so much for joining Get Unstuck Radio today, EA. Thank you so much for having me on your great podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. Oh, you see, someone just want to join. Um, <laughs> so, great. Great. a third guest, uh, another another participant. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I she just it. wants some intention. See, yeah, you yeah. shouldn't call her. She just keep coming. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's let's start about our business. So, okay, how do you start your your entrepreneurial journey? And and yeah, let's start from that question first. Very good. Uh, happy to share that with you. Thank you. Uh, it, it actually was sort of interesting. My my background. Um, I was raised. Uh, I'm in the United States, and uh, I was raised in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, mm-hmm. And my father was a milkman. And back then, I'm 65 years old now. So back then, which was 60 years ago, uh, milk, you know, there was a milkman who delivered milk to everyone's house. And, and there was a little box outside the house. And uh, there was money in the, in, the, in the box. And that was milkman money. And you know what was amazing, Muda, is that no one, no one touched the money. Everyone knew that was milkman money, and not one single time was there ever money missing from the milkman box. It was sitting outside the house with money, and everyone knew it, you know, at different times, right? But uh, so I used to help my father on his milk route. Uh, so my background, background was very humble, you know. My, my father was a one-man operation. Uh, he went and picked up, you know, these, filled up his truck with milk in the morning and delivered it to people's houses. He was a delivery man. Uh, and uh, and I would help him at the year, at five years old, and... Uh, then at the ripe old age of 16, I decided to take my first step into towards success and I became a janitor. Now, I and, and what was interesting about that is you think, well, you know, janitor, that's still a pretty lowly profession. Yet I had two incredible events that happened in my life while I was a janitor. Uh, the first one was at 16 years old, I was able to, I was able to be bonded. And in, in the United States, that means they could insure me so that if I was in an expensive place that had expensive equipment, if my floor buffer hit the equipment and something broke, the insurance company would pay for it. So I was insured for that. And that allowed me to also be in very expensive places and very expensive homes. And every Wednesday, I cleaned the home of a lady 
who the name won't mean anything to you unless you've seen the movie when I make the movie reference that she's in. Um, there was a movie uh, that was out a couple of years ago and it was called The Founder and it was with Michael Keaton and he plays Ray Kroc. It's about McDonald's. Uh, right. And yeah, and, and actually, and it's still out now on streaming and probably will be for years because it's actually a pretty good view. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, where the the lady, there's in the movie, Ray Kroc has a lady outside his office that he's always talking to. Uh, and uh, during the movie, Michael Keaton plays Ray Kroc. And, and so he's talking to this lady outside of his office all the time. That lady who's outside his office is the lady whose house I cleaned. Mm. Uh, and, and her name is June Martino. She's since mm-hmm. passed away. But she had at that point when I met her, when I was 16, she had the third most controlling stock in McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Uh, very wealthy woman. And what was amazing to me was how nice she was. She was pleasant. She was very approachable, easy to talk to. Um, she had a full-time maiden butler. Her home was a million-dollar home back then. And she was always very nice. And uh, and to give you an example, if I was looking down, because I was there to buff the floors, because I they had to do a special buffing pad on her floors, um, that, they, uh, um, that while if I was looking down and she walked through the room, she would still say hello. I mean, just, she was just so nice. And one day I could tell she was in extra good mood and I got up all my courage and I went up to her and I asked her a question. Now I'm 16 years old at this time, right? And she's, she is already an icon of the area. I grew up in the area where the McDonald's headquarters was. So during my lifetime, I witnessed the whole McDonald's phenomenon. Wow. Um, I, I, I lived in Oakbrook area, which is where the world headquarters was for McDonald's for decades. It has since moved, but back then it was there for, you know, tens of years. So, uh, so everyone knew who uh, June Martino was. She was a local icon. And, uh, so I went up to her and I said, June, uh, and she said, hi, you know, always so nice. It was astonishing to me how nice she was. And I said, uh, can I ask you a question? And she said, sure. And I said, well, could you tell me about it? And she said, well, what's that? And I said, well, the whole McDonald's story, the whole McDonald's thing. She took me in the kitchen, put her arm around me, brought me in the kitchen and the entire day told me the entire story from beginning all the way up to the very moment her and I were sitting in the kitchen and everything in between. And, uh, and, and it was astonishing. I'm thinking, wow, this is incredible. This lady is worth so many millions. I can barely count it on my fingers and toes. And here I am 16 years old and she's having the maiden Butler bringing us food in the kitchen so she can keep telling me the story. And I'm thinking, this is, um, this is like unbelievable. I can't believe it's even happening to me. Right. And she, there's a part, did you see the movie by a chance? Did you have a chance to catch it? Yeah. Okay. All right. In the part in the movie, uh, and by the way, the movie is very Hollywoodized. Ray Kroc was not the way he's portrayed. That's all drama. And, you know, I mean, that's Hollywood trying to make a story interesting, you know, and putting what I call Hollywood spin on it. It really wasn't that way. And uh, But there were certain events that did happen, and those are chronicled in, in the movie. One of the events June told me about specifically, there's a time in the movie where June, who kept the books, uh, the business ledger, went to Michael Keaton, Ray Kroc, and said, we're out of money. We don't have any money. And he calls the brothers on the phone and he, they have an argument on the phone. I need more percentage. I need more percentage. And he hangs up, you know, slams on the phone. That didn't exactly happen that way, but the event did take place. And she told me about it. And she told me there was a time when there was no money whatsoever. It was all gone. And she agreed to keep working for Ray for no money whatsoever, no pay. 
and he would pay her in worthless, worth less than zero company stock. And she would agree, and he would agree to take some of the bill collector phone calls when they called her and wanted money. So I asked her, I said, June, I'm a janitor. I work Friday to Friday. If I don't get paid on Friday, I'm not going to be there on Saturday. I need my paycheck, right? Why did you do it? Why did you work for nothing? I, I, it was incomprehensible to me. And I could tell when I asked her that question, she sat back in her chair and stared at me with this blank look. And I knew right then I just asked her a question no one ever asked her before. Everyone always wanted to know what happened with McDonald's, but no one ever wanted to ask or knew or, or asked why it happened. So I asked her, why'd you do it? Why'd you work for nothing? When most people would not keep working at their job for nothing, for sure. So when she spoke, it made the hair stand up on the back of my neck. Not only what she said, but the way she said it. And I still remember my instantaneous thought after she said what she said. When I said, June, why'd you work for nothing? Her answer to me was, because I believed in Ray. And my first thought after that was, that's it. I need to find me a Ray Kroc. I need to find a Ray Kroc that can put me under his wing. It certainly didn't work out too bad for June. I'm cleaning her million dollar home. And so I need to find a Ray Kroc that can teach me because I don't even know what I don't know. All I know is I don't know it. That's all I know. I don't know whatever it is. I need to find someone who can teach me that. And I just threw it out there. It was funny how it happened. I just threw it out there and I said, where's my Ray Kroc? Where would I meet him? And then about three or four months later, at the same janitorial service I was at, still working there, because I cleaned her house every Wednesday. I was in there every week. <clears throat> and we got a phone call at the office, and I was talking to the boss of the janitorial service, and we were friends. And it was after hours. It was after dinner hours. It was actually starting to get dark already. The phone rings. He picks it up, talks for a few minutes, hangs up the phone. He says, well, that's some guy that's in from Detroit, the Detroit, Michigan area. He said, uh, and uh, he's in. He's opening a diamond store. And he wants to see some carpeting because they're doing a rebuild on this whole store. And he wants some really some carpeting to, uh, for his new store. And I said, okay, uh, what's that got to do with me? And he said, well, I need you to go. And I said, Jerry, that was the owner's name. I said, I'm not going. I already punched out. I, I, I've been cleaning all day long. It's nighttime. I'm tired. He goes, man, I need you to go. You, I have to stay here at the office. I said, Jerry, I'm not going. Now we're going to count how many times I say no. Watch how many times I say no to this. He says, uh, I, I, he said, I, and I said, no, I'm tired. That was the first time. And the second time, uh, he says, no, you got to bid out this job. And I said, Jerry, no, I'm not going. Second time, I, I said, I don't know how to bid out a carpet job. I don't know how to measure. You know, I, I can shampoo carpet and vacuum it. I don't know how to measure it and do a bid job. He goes, no, you need to go. I said, Jerry, I'm not going. It's already late at night. So you're right, three times. Then he says, I'll tell you what, if you go, I'll give you your choice of any Saturday off you want. Now, for a janitor, see, we work when businesses are closed. So Saturday, when companies are closed, we're cleaning all day. So when he said this, that was a big negotiation chip. And I said, okay, <laughs> any Saturday I want? And he goes, yes, any Saturday. And I said, okay. So now I'm getting in the car and I'm throwing it and I'm putting the carpet samples in the back of the car. And as and I and little do I know now I, to set the stage for your listeners, I'm tired, I'm mentally, physically exhausted because I've been working all day. I just want to go home, 
and uh, and, I don't, and I'm getting ready to do something I've never done before, which is measure a carpet and do a, an estimate job. So I don't want to do that. So I, and 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 so I'm I'm doing all of this only for one reason, the Saturday off. That's it. That's the only reason. Little do I know, I'm getting ready to meet the man that will change the trajectory of my life forever. I'm getting ready to meet my Ray Kroc. Mm. And 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 so I show up at this place. And have you ever had the feeling before where like when you met someone, you met them and you thought, man, I just feel like I've known them before. You're so comfortable with them and you can talk with them about anything. Have you ever had that experience where you just you're you're so comfortable with this person? You don't even know why, you, but, you know, you are right. It was that kind of thing. So we talked about anything and everything. And the carpet was a no sale because he wanted real he wanted nice plush carpeting for this diamond store. And we just had office kind of carpeting. So, so I was throwing samples back in the carpet or back in the car. Cause I knew, you know, I was going to leave in and uh, there was no sale. That's for sure. And uh, so he offers me a job and now I say, no, number four, four. this is number four. I say, no, I said, no, I said, I don't know anything about, I said, I don't know anything about diamonds. He said, I'll teach you. He, I said, no, fifth time. I said, the only thing I know about diamonds is that they're expensive and someday a lady's going to ask me for one. That's all I know. I don't know anything else about diamonds. He said, I'll teach you. I'll teach you. And I said, no, I'm all set. So I said, no, six times now. Right. And as I'm walking out the door, he hooked me with a phrase that he knew would get me. He knew it because he, he had already pegged me. He'd already had me all figured out. As I'm walking out the door, he said, what do you have to lose? You could always go back being a janitor. And I thought, no, I'm all set. So I left. And I and I and now, by the way, it's almost midnight now. I mean, this is late at night because the the phone call came in the office. It was already getting dark, right? So I so I'm driving the car and I'm thinking, man, what do you mean by that? Like, well, yeah, I could always go back being a janitor. I, I guess I could, you know, and they, you know, what does he mean by what I got the loot? I'm gonna find out exactly what he means. So I turned the car around. Now it's almost midnight, and I think he's I, and I'm thinking I was probably gone because he had to leave the next day, go back to Detroit. He was only in for the day. And sure enough, he's still there. So we start talking and I start working for him. And then uh, uh, and he became my business mentor. And I have to share with you that the things he taught me were such a blessing and they helped me so much in business. And the and, and I became chairman of the board of that diamond company every time I was 21. Mm. Um, I became a, I became a millionaire at 21. And the first year I ever earned a million dollars in one year after taxes and personal income, not business money. This is personal income after I pay all my taxes and had a million dollars in my pocket from that year's income. I was 33 years old. Now, hmm. did I do anything special? No, I really didn't. I didn't. I, all I did was listen to someone who knew what to do. I listened to someone who already was a millionaire and had been a millionaire. I listened to someone who was successful in business. I listened to someone who was happy. And because of that, my ability was really just to what I call dumb up. I was just I was just dumb enough to do whatever this man taught me. And then it worked for me just like it worked for him. And so, you know, someone looks at my bio and I say, man, look at all these things he did. And and I actually am, am not that amazed by what I did because all I was doing was following in someone else's footsteps. I listened to what they knew. They became my mentor. So that's why I advocate for people. And if you have a business or if you want to learn something, no matter what it is, 
get a mentor and make sure it's someone who's done it, not someone who's read a book. I've read a lot of, I've met in my lifetime, a lot of educated idiots. I call them educated idiots. They, they have all this book knowledge. They have all this knowledge, right? And they can spew it back at you, but they don't know how to apply it themselves and they never have. And there's a, there's a certain, there's a wisdom that comes with having actually done it as opposed to just the education. So um, I, I advocate with people that, you know, get a business mentor. Very, very important if you don't have one already. So at 19 years old, to finish off those stories, I asked Sam Robbins, who was my mentor, I said, Sam, could you teach it all to me? Teach me mm. every bit of it, all of it. And no matter what, don't hold back. And he said, okay, I will. But I want one thing from you. And he said, when the time is right, and you will know that time, I want you to teach as many people as possible everything that I teach you. And I said, okay, so at 19 years old, I made a vow. I made an oath. I made a commitment to my mentor that today has manifested itself as what we know as Givers University. That's how oh, it all came about. Wow. Let me chill. Like, for real. <laughs> yeah, but he said the same sentence as my mom told me. So I understand that feeling. Like, to listening to something like that and like, encourage you to keep doing what you love um yes. yeah that's an amazing story though but without june you wouldn't be here as well right so it's that's like right person at the right place in the right timing like i i think that's true for many reasons that i encounter in my life i don't know this episode is sponsored by mutita clothing like what i'm wearing right here so if you are a pretty sized lady who are looking for high quality apparel as well as a neat cutting and premium pattern, check it out at mutitaclothing.com so that you can be simply elegant by no time. Let's get back to the episode. Yes, I agree with you. And 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 with that, and, and so what we teach at Givers University um, is we teach something that isn't taught anywhere else. And, and I've done... Uh, just about a hundred interviews since the beginning of April. And I can share with you, no one has said that they've heard of this being taught anywhere else. And so I, I would have to surmise we're about the only ones teaching it. And this is how I would explain to your listeners. Think about the fires that you stomp out each day. Mm. Think about the times when your stress levels go up during the day. Think about the times you've had conversation with people and after the conversation's over, you don't even remember what it was about, but you do know one thing, you have no more energy left. They just drained all your energy away. All three of those things have one thing in common. There's a name attached to them. There's a person attached to it. So what we teach people at Givers University is very simply put. First of all, I say to all your listeners, we love everybody. We love everybody. I say that emphatically. But we teach people to separate the person who we love from their deeds, which we may not love, mm. and to discern and look for certain deeds. And when we and we actually teach genuine checklists to teach people how to do this. And when you see certain when you see them doing certain things, certain deeds, specific things they're doing, you should begin to discern and think, should I bring this person in closer into my life? Because as a giver always brings with them the three W's of a giver, wisdom, wealth, and wellness. 
Or when I see them doing these certain things, should I begin to respectfully distance myself, not rude or nasty, respectfully distance myself? Because if I bring this person in closer into my life, they're going to bring with them the three D's of takers, which is defeatism, disruption, and destruction. So yeah. I want to surround myself and we all want to surround ourselves with those people who we call givers. And when we say givers, we're not labeling a person, we're labeling their deeds. So when we mm. say takers, we're not calling a person a taker. We're labeling and identifying the deeds of that person when we say taker. We're identifying taker deeds. So we teach people how to discern and know the difference. What should we be watching? What should we be looking for? Because when we can surround ourselves with the right kind of people who are sharing with us wisdom, wealth, and wellness, and we're doing the same with them, all of our lives get better as opposed to the amount of time we spend and literally spend stopping out fires that are not of our making. And if someone's a, as a, a, a business owner who might be listening to your podcast, they know what it's like to stop out fires that they didn't make. And, uh -huh. and, and, they, and they certainly know about stress levels when certain people seem to every time they walk towards them, they think, oh boy, here they come again, another problem, right? So when we, when we learn to identify these deeds in advance, they begin to help us move through our life much, much, much faster. Now, another thing that my business mentor shared that I'd, I'd love, because I always like to, in my interviews, share some, what I call golden nuggets of information to some of your listeners to help them. To, I want them to be able to think, wow, this is really a, a good podcast. I learned some things that I can apply. Um, I appreciate you. You're welcome. Uh, when One of the other things I was blessed to be able to do for two years, I had my own radio talk show and I interviewed over, over 1,000 millionaires in two years. And during a thousand, over a thousand of them, uh, and uh, I interviewed three millionaires a day, five days a week. So that's fifteen, and for and I did that for and that's fifteen a week for a hundred weeks. Uh, so you wow. know, so over a thousand millionaires to look for the commonalities, to look for the common threads. What are these things? And and one of the things that was very interesting that I noted was that all of them had a time in their life where everything told them to stop. Their family said, stop throwing the towel, it's not gonna work. Their friends, their neighbors, their, the finances, there was no more money left, the political situation, everything told them to stop. And they did that next step after everything was telling them to stop. And you know what's really interesting is some of them even used the same words when I asked them these questions. They would even say similar wording back such as, do you know when things were looking so bad? I took the next step just to see if there was anything else that could go wrong because I thought I, I had to have hit all of it. Is there anything else? <laughs> and they, it was like a, what, what you could call a morbid curiosity. They were curious to see, is there anything else that could possibly go wrong? Because I think I've hit about everything that could go wrong. And they said when they took that next step, when everything told them not to, they said it was mysterious on how all of a sudden, things started to come together almost on their own. They said sometimes even in spite of what they were doing, things started to come together. And it was almost effortlessly from that point onward. And then they were on their road to success. And they said it was strange. It was almost like the feeling of defeat had left their life and had went to someone else's life because they said, well, this person doesn't know when to give up. So I'm just going to go to someone else's life. And they said it was very interesting 
And that paralleled something my business mentor taught me. And he taught me the following. Every, not some, every adversity in life carries with it the seed of equal or greater benefits. I'll say that again because it's worth a pause. Every adversity in life carries with the seed of an equal or greater benefits. See, it's up to us to move aside the leaves. Look for those seeds, those seeds of greater benefit, which are there 100% of the time. When we begin to realize that, and one of the things my, again, another thing my business mentor taught me was, he said, get rid of the F-bomb. And I said, the F-bomb? He said, yes, failure. Don't say the word failure. Get rid of it out of your vernacular. Don't use the word. He said, supplant it with the words temporary defeat because failure yeah. sounds too failure sounds too permanent. It sounds too eternal. He said, but temporary defeat, you're calling it what it is. He said, you're rechoicing it. You're rechoosing how you want to look at it. He said, when you call it a temporary defeat, now you've told yourself it's temporary. It's a defeat. It's like being tackled. And now you're going to stand up and realize you got a first down. You're still in the game. He said, so every adversity, and this is the part it's a little bit mind-bending for people because what I'm what I'm going to say now, that some of your listeners, if they're in other countries, they're going to say, if they think the way this guy is, I'm not going to the United States. They're wacky. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But this, but, but this is what he actually taught me. And, and when you really think about it through, it starts to make sense. And it goes as follows. It is true that every adversity in life carries with the seed of an equal or greater benefit. Now, when we begin to understand the benefit of temporary defeat. When we begin to understand these seeds are always there, in fact, they're always the seeds we needed right then. When we begin to understand that and embrace that, then we're not afraid of failure anymore. Now we can call it temporary defeat because we know each one of these temporary defeats are giving us the seeds we needed that we could get up the next step of prosperity and the next step and the next step. And he said, when we really understand the benefit of temporary defeat, he said, you begin to welcome it and embrace it because the faster you can get past it, the faster you can move over those leaves, find those seeds and help those grow, you're going to go up the stairs. And he said, you're going to run up the stairs of prosperity where everyone else is walking. And some people are just stopped on a stair. He said, so, and, and then you're not coming from a position of fear anymore. You're not coming from a position of failure or what are my friends going to say or what's going to happen if that happens? And, you know, the endless what ifs, it doesn't work out, you know. And so when we change how we look at that, as we call it, Givers University, when we rechoice it, we rechoice the way we look. We have the ability to choose how we see any event or circumstance. And we can choose to look at it any way we want to. So we call that rechoicing it. You rechoose the way you get to look at because we have that choice of freedom of choice. So those are a few things that my business mentor shared with me that I, I found were just great, great blessings in me being able to share. And that's what we share with Givers University right now. Yeah, I appreciate you. I mean, I think it's very important. Um, I believe in the the theory of like highest energy win. And, you know, I always say to like, my social circle that um so when you drive fast and someone just like pass over and you're just like too angry you may just like some sometimes you may give some f-bomb right but on the other hand they may are they may are in like an urgency or something that you wouldn't know 
Like they might almost lost a loved one or something. You should a family emergency or something. Yeah, Yeah, you should share it to them that okay, that's fine. Um, be safe. Go ahead. So that's actually already changed the day, and that's how you said the day. I do agree. Like I practice that every day, though. I still have to practice that because, like, I I know that. This is what I learned. I learned that doing some negative thing is easier than doing a positive way to move forward. I don't know why, but like my brains and many of my friends, I have been asking them. I, I have been having um in this conversation for pretty much intense in the past few months um because I did volunteer teaching student as well. So I have seen a lot of like this loop of thinking. And yeah, it's it's very important to to change the way they think and then the outcome of the collision, like you just say that that we can control and we can re-choose what we um obtained or like surrounded, right? And then we can control what we react on those things. So yeah. And I I do really like the one that you mentioned about um when everything's totally out of control. I have experienced that myself. And it you are exactly right. I might not be like a millionaires in US dollar yet however um yeah I mean it happens like things will fall into places from someone to someone that just coming in to help because you are on the right path it just needs to happen to move forward like it's kind of scary somehow to think back though but without those events I wouldn't be here as well when you look backwards and connect the dots, it's always astonishing how it all is almost perfect. Yeah, like your story. It's almost yeah. perfect. Like, yeah. it may be already perfect, like from what I hear. I can listen to you all day. Um, <laughs> yeah. You. No, but like, yeah, it makes me feel good. Like, um, from what I hear from you, though, one of the things is that um, to feel to keep the faith i think that's so important like whatever your religions are but like believe in yourself i think one of the things that you take action because you believe that you somehow can you don't know how to do it yet but you're confident right at least to try so many people that i found um especially these days that i'm consulting with like um um those corporate jobs so I consult at the administrative level currently. Um, I mean, consult for the administrative level. I found that they don't have confidence enough and they still waiting for assignment or like um, many hierarchy level, right? For the big corporate. So when they are more confident, actually the work progress faster and even more effective. I'm like, wow. It's just like changing everything just to change the way you think. Yeah. Well said. Well thank said, you well for said. thank you for sharing this though. I think I think many people need to hear this and especially in this time in the world. I mean we recorded yes. this here is like towards hopefully the end of the COVID, but no one knows. Like pandemic can happen anytime, right? No one knows what's gonna happen. But everyone may may lose your own hope that you have built your own business with your own hands. Um you may like not believe in yourself anymore because the things that you cannot control legal outsiders um environment government etc but to keep going right exactly to right. keep going yeah 
And uh, for any of uh, your listeners that would like, we have a couple of the, I mentioned some checklists that we have. Um, oh. Anyone that wants to contact us, they would go to giversuniversity.com. Uh, so it's plural, giversuniversity.com, and sign up for our newsletter. It's absolutely free. Uh, it doesn't cost anything whatsoever. And uh, they'll get an email that says, please confirm you want to talk with them because we're not spammers. And then we're going to, and immediately they will get out, they will get a checklist. And the first checklist they'll get, it's absolutely free. We want them to download it. It's free. And it's called The Six Arrows That Takers Shoot at Givers. Um, and then a couple days later, they're going to get one of my favorite checklists. It's the 25 do's. These are the 25 deeds to actually look for and observe when you're discerning who you should bring in closer or who you should distancing in your life and we're gonna give that all to them free and once a week on thursday we send out one email so we don't fill up three i hate that you know i sign up for something and next thing you know i'm getting six emails a day and i'm unsubscribe 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 right and uh so we send out one email a week tuesday and thursday and and that email is called uh the, the giver's toolbox and every single week we want to give everyone another tool that they can put in their toolbox to help them with their relationships and how to discern in their lives. So they go to giversuniversity.com, sign up right there. It's absolutely free. And we'd love to be able to give them that free gifts with the compliments of your show. I appreciate you. Last question though. I still have this question that I I, I want to ask you. Why giver and taker cannot be in the same person? Um, because it's the law of polarity says they're not able to. Uh, now, by the way, when someone's a when someone's a taker, they're not a taker eternally. We actually have uh, we actually have three categories. So there's a givers, and we've determined about twenty percent of the population are givers. About twenty percent are takers. Well, that leaves sixty percent. The sixty percent in the middle, we call them fencers. And the reason fencers? we call them fence, fencers because they sit on the fence. They act like givers when they're with givers. They act like takers when they're with takers. So through our, through our courses, we teach people if they feel they're a taker right now, what they can do to become a giver, the things they can do. Uh, and if someone's a fencer, we, we help teach them. So that's what we do with our online courses is we teach people these courses that are able to help them uh, discern and become givers because givers do earn more than takers. Takers may seem like they earn more at a moment. But long-term, they never do. Givers always, always earn more long-term and usually up to three times more. So we that's part of what we teach in our courses exactly. If someone is a taker or they're feeling take, they're, you know, that maybe they, they, they should be more doing more giving, how should they do it? There's a self-assessment part with all of this that helps all of them grow through our online courses that we have. Mm, right. Yeah, I mean, everyone get on stagnation that you still listen to here. I think this is a great chance to make a visit at giveruniversity.com. I think this thing could change your life. And we do really appreciate you sharing this amazing story today, EA. Thank you so much for joining Get Unstuck Radio. My pleasure so much. Thank you for having me on your great show. I hope this episode inspired you to get unstuck wherever you are in your journey so that you can have your business that support your lifestyle. Get a show note at helpyougetunstuck.com today. Start implementing what you have learned. The results of your consistent effort and improvement are worth it because you deserve the freedom to enjoy your life. Speak to you next time and don't forget to get unstuck.